When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting live from beautiful, sexy, now cold, but still steamy, Studio City, California. This is an Absog Files. I'm Ken Absog. Back uh, with a little hiatus. Uh, sorry, folks. We uh, had... Uh, we, we uh, took a little break, and the Knapsack Files is going to be dealing with the holidays. Um, so we're going to be touch and go for a while. A lot of things changing in the Schmoes No world, and I'll have some information for you guys on that. So, But in the meantime, I'm very happy to have a, a well, he's a high school alumni of mine and also a, a junior college alumni of mine, but he's also now down here in Hollywood uh, doing a lot more than I could ever dream of right now, and that is Ben Cooper, Benjamin Cooper, film maker, director, screenwriter, father. You've done a lot and are doing a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ken, for having me on. No problem, man. So uh, this is great because now I get to, I love getting to know guests on air too. Sometimes it's uh, people I've known for 20 years and 10 years. You, I've known of you. I've worked in classroom settings with you, but now, now we're going to dig. We're going to find out who Ben Cooper is. You are uh, first and foremost right now a, a director and, and writer. And we're here to talk about uh, your project that uh, just uh, got distribution from Lionsgate, which is huge in this industry to get distribution and how important it is. And that's your film, Primitive. Yeah, that's right. It's a monster movie we did. Actually, we shot it, uh, well, some years ago. The whole process took right. a long time. And then and then about gee, uh, a year ago, maybe, we, we inked a deal with uh, Grindstone Entertainment, they put everything out through Lionsgate. They have uh, some kind of relationship, and yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good bragging rights. Yeah, absolutely, it's because because we're going to talk a lot about filmmaking, and there's two sides of it. There's the art of filmmaking, and and you know you're a writer too, so you you take things from ground up. This is a project, though. I, I thought the story was interesting. You you actually end up purchasing an idea. You know, this is a, a script you took, you saw, and you and you, you you brought in, and it wasn't an original creation of yours. Correct, right? Yeah, which is kind of a first for me. I mean, yeah. I've uh, in the past I've either written my own stuff, or I've uh, come up with an idea mm-hmm. and then I'll commission a, a writer to to do a draft for me, mm-hmm. and then I do my pass on it. This was a spec script uh, that the writer yeah, basically he just went off. He wrote it on his own. And he asked me to read it. Usually, I don't do that, but uh, that's always an uncomfortable moment. We all in this time. You down long enough, you get someone who's like, "Can you read my script?" And, uh, and sometimes it turns out like this, where you like, "Oh my gosh, this is something I want." Yeah, I mean, you, you know, screenplays—they all look alike, and most of them are bad. So, so I, I don't really look forward to reading them. But I wouldn't go so far as uh, I forgot his name. But you remember that uh, that essay that came out from the screenwriter that. Uh, Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, oh gosh, what was that guy? And I I will not read your screenplay. Was the title of it? Yeah, or something like something that. Something like that. But you know, his his theory was that uh, if you ask someone to read your screenplay, basically you're being the dick. <laughs> I, I, I don't fully agree with that. Although um, I, I don't like to do it. I don't, I don't right. like to. But I I knew the guy uh, through some family, and uh, right. So I thought, well, I'll give it a look, and it just happened to be everything I was looking for at that moment. Uh, in a screenplay, so it worked out perfectly. So that's the art of, of filmmaking, and then there's, I mean, there's a lot more to talk about, which we are, but then there's the business of filmmaking, which is, like you said, this you shot this several years ago, right? When did you start? Uh, well, um, we it took a long time to raise the money, I think mm-hmm. three years or something. A, a lot of that, mm-hmm. granted, was me just trying to figure out the process of, of raising the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started shooting in 2009, Okay. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we shot it in two weeks uh, and, and some change. And um, so that, that was the most intensive, difficult part, but, but, but it was over fairly quickly. And, mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. and then the post-production dragged on because, you know, I, I had to stop and make money and, right. <laughs> you know, just live my life. 
you know, we're right. not, we're not, uh, although whenever you talk to me, I'm either making a movie or yeah. I'm writing it or I'm raising money. So in a way I'm, it's a full-time job. It never but stops. Yeah. It doesn't pay full-time though. So. Right. And that's a lot of people, um, you know, when you're in this town and whether you have a day job or not, uh, uh, you, you, if you have that craft and that business that you're working on, it's constant. There's never really a day off. You always sitting around thinking that I could be doing something to, to move that forward. Right. So it, it gets kind of hard. Now you've made some movies before though. Uh, this is, I want to make sure the audience know this wasn't like your first foray. You've been doing this for what, 15 years now? Yeah. Something like that. But, yeah. but, uh, you know, I don't turn them out too fast. I'm trying to remedy that, make them, uh, better and uh, more often. Sure. Uh, but uh, I guess it's the, my third movie, my third mm-hmm. complete movie that I've directed. Okay. I'm not talking about like feature length. Uh, and right. I, I helped co-produce uh, uh, one from another film school a friend of ours. Uh, Adonis Cruz produced a movie called Lizard Boy. I well, helped co-produce that one. Okay. I, I saw. I was looking through it earlier. Uh, I saw that poster, and it was it was pretty fierce with that lizard on it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, Adonis, I remember, uh, we, we attended all uh, Allen Hancock Community College in Santa Maria, California. Um, I, I did uh, film video production and screenwriting, Casey Case, in that class and everything, and then I ended up just uh, leaving for radio, which uh, I was happy to do, and radio was my passion, but uh, I didn't learn enough of this film business. Obviously, you did. You soaked it all in. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, well, a lot of it is, you know, just a trial by fire. You learn yeah. by doing. I mean, not to take away from from Casey's class, which was uh, uh, incredible, and and from what I've heard from people that returned from university film mm-hmm. school, um, it, about up to par with, you know, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference is, you go to UCLA, you you, you make contacts, you go into school with, yeah. you know, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's kid and. Uh, you can make great contacts that way. But you also spend all your money making your thesis movie that you don't even own, right? Because the school owns it. <laughs> right. Well, that uh, sidetrack note on on film school that is uh, um, something. You know, I, I when I left and was in radio and everything, I always kind of thought that uh, um, you know you don't need to go learn in school. You either know how to do it, and yeah, you're going to learn along the way, but you don't need. And then looking back, it is those connections and finding your crew, your director, photography. I know some guys who've met them in, in college, and they work ten years together. You know, that's the kind of thing I I think I recommend film school for. Like you just said, you especially in the bigger cities, you're going to find people that you're going to work with all through the industry and throughout your career, uh, right? Yeah, I'm right. I mean, on primitive, we worked with a bunch of. Uh, guys that I, I went to film school with and then I just uh, shot a new picture and mm-hmm. I, I brought my old collaborators on board and some current students at the Allen Hancock College Film Program oh, cool. and, and Cuesta too. Uh, Cuesta is another college that they have a pro- communications program. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, but I mean, when I was there um, and, and there, it was kind of going a different direction as I arrived and so it was probably, mm-hmm. it was probably I got there in 94, yeah. Right. So when I, when I was there, they were doing these uh, shows intended. The advanced projects would yeah. be what we call the KCOY shows, which would mm. were meant to air on a local CBS affiliate, and um, so so it, it took the form of a professional production, and a, so we were students, but we were working on something that was destined for broadcast, mm-hmm. and uh, that you know hundreds, if not yeah. thousands, of people would see. I guess <laughs> hundreds. And yeah. uh, and so you, you were just you were just thrown into this. It was like an opportunity to work on something that was structured like any professional yeah. show in Hollywood. And um, so that was a great learning experience. Uh, for some reason or other, that was kind of getting phased out mm-hmm. uh, as I arrived. But uh, yeah, I don't remember if, that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I tried to take advantage of that uh, when I was there. I'd do if there was a job I hadn't done yet, then I would try and do that job. It's like, Smart. what, you need a sound guy? I haven't done that yet. I want to do that. Smart. Yeah, and uh, so that that was one way to go. That's the way to do it. <laughs> That's the way. And then you move. When did you move here to, to Hollywood and uh, start taking on the world here? Uh, it was shortly 
uh, after I finished my second movie, okay. a ghost movie called The Brink. We shot it back there on the Central Coast. Uh, when we're talking about the Central Coast, if you listen to the Knapsack Files, uh-huh. you'll know it's like up there near Pismo Beach, that area. It's the home of Matt Donovan and Jeff Moody from uh, three or four episodes this last couple of months. Yeah, right. Pismo Beach, uh, about an hour and a half north of Santa Barbara. I suggest you all go visit, but please don't stay there and clog my beach. All right, just go visit. Um, yeah, so you're up there. Um, yeah, yeah, we shot that, and so about, I guess it was 2003, we moved to Burbank, my wife and I. Okay. Okay, and I, yeah, and again, I had I moved here in 98, but I went straight into sketch comedy, and that's where, you know, my, my world was over there at the Groundlings and stand-up. Um, but I'd come down to, to screenwrite as well, and that's, that's something I still do, but it's never gone, you know, I always have something else I'm putting my energy in first. Um, but... I always, you're one of the names, you'd have, oh, well, ben, you know, Ben Cooper's making some movies. Ben's making some movies. You'd hear it filled through, like, the, uh, uh, my friend Joel Trudgeon, uh, who was another Alan Hancock and Rugger in high school grad, he, he uh, has made a, fil- made a film down here, and he'd be, well, yeah, Ben Cooper's doing this, too, you know, so glad to finally have you here and hear some of that stories, the, some of the stories that got you where you are in Primitive. Um, let's talk uh, from con- concept to, to in, the getting the investors. Uh, when you get a project like this, it uh, comes across, you said, this is uh, Another idea, a spec script, um, and you're and you decide, I'm going to make this. Let's start from there. Where, where, where? When you decided I'm going to make primitive, mm-hmm. what do you do the next morning? <laughs> well, um, uh, I, I decided to to make a monster movie. Yeah. I, I'd made uh, I made this ghost movie called The Brink, and uh, we turned to profit on it, but it wasn't mm-hmm. a huge profit, not for the work I put in. I, I mean, that's how I felt. But so I, I my intention was to step it up. I wanted to do something with a bigger budget, with some kind of name star in the mix, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully get a you know better licensing deals. Um, and so, and then that script came across my desk, and mm-hmm. uh, it was it had everything I was looking for. Uh, so I I had to figure out how am I going to raise uh, this budget, which was I don't know, five figures. Okay, <laughs> it's under a million. Yeah. Um, uh, and so uh, my, my initial thought was I was going to bring up some of my old contacts that mm-hmm. had had the money, had expressed an interest in making movies, and. Uh, and try to get it done that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, that l- was a dead end, but it, not right away. It was They, they kind of strung me along for a while. Oh, which has got to be even more frustrating <laughs> yeah, than so, not getting the money. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, the, frustrating is a good word because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, the, one of the reasons why I do this stuff independently is because I don't like to be at the mercy of other people. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel, when I go in... Uh, I, I I'm not I don't I'm not comfortable going hat in hand to anybody. Gotcha. Uh, or asking permission to make a movie. Yeah. Um, I'd rather say, hey, this is what I'm going to do. If you want to hop on board, you know, so be it. Yeah. That, that's I, I'm just more comfortable with that. Um, so I had to figure out a way to to structure it in such a way where, uh, hey, if 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 they want to come on board, then they got to write a check. And so, mm-hmm. so I I, uh, I chose to go with a limited partnership arrangement, uh, California limited partnership. It's kind of a tried and true business right. structure. Uh, I was reading about you doing that, and and that seems like, and you had to kind of teach yourself, uh, or not had to. It sounds like sounds like you wanted to really teach yourself the ins and out of this side of the business because that's only going to be more valuable for you as a filmmaker later on. So. Uh, uh, this is two years into the process, trying to get money for primitive, and, and you said, "I this is I got to go this way." So, what do you do? You start reading books, just start learning how to do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, one one book, which is kind of funny, it was a uh, it was an inspiration was uh, Bruce Campbell's book, "If Chins, oh, yeah. If Chins Could Kill," and he talks about obviously. I don't know if uh, this is common knowledge or mm-hmm. what, but he co-produced those Evil Dead pictures that he yeah. got started with. He didn't just star in them. He was the co-producer. Right. He, he helped raise the money for those. He, he was pounding pavement. And uh, and one of the things he says is uh, anybody, everybody is a potential investor. Hmm. Because he, people still come up to me and say, where do you get the money? Who's putting money into these things? Yeah. It could be anybody. In fact, 
when I was my day job at one time was uh, as a background actor or movie uh-huh. movie extra. I did a lot of TV shows and stuff. You can see my face on Jag a lot and <laughs> you know stuff like that. And uh, two of my investors were also background actors. Really? I mean, I mean uh, it's uh, w- what's funny about that if you haven't done it is you know background actor you're you're pretty much the bottom of the totem pole yeah. on the set right uh, and so. Uh, y- you wouldn't expect to find money there, but I got thousands of dollars uh, from my fellow background actors. So, um, looks like they're, like they're trying to move up, you know. Like, hey, I'll get in, I'll start producing. Yeah, well, you know, if you, some people are they're smart about their money, they put yeah. it away and uh, you can make a decent amount of coin doing background too, you know. So, well, you know, plus you get free crafty to eat. So, uh, save your money, put it into a film. Yeah, it's the only regular job I could hold down, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I, I uh, had gone that route. Um, it's, it's an interesting route. So, so you, um, how do you, when you approach people, when you identify a potential investor, well, how do you approach it? You, you got a little business packet. Yeah, exactly. What, what is that? Well, I have all my ducks in a row, and and I, I'm all and very familiar with it, right? Yeah. So, so with a limited partnership, uh, you have a uh, investment memorandum, right? In in other structures, you might call it a prospectus, but it, mm-hmm. it's similar to a prospectus, but. Okay. We call it the investment memorandum or a private placement memorandum. And I always had one with me. Just ready to go. Yeah. So uh, eventually, you know, you're making small talk. Eventually, they're going to say, so what do you do? Yeah. Well, I'll say, uh, well, actually, I make uh, films. In fact, I'm putting one together right now. Would you like to uh, learn more about that? Uh, and so I so I'd pull out the investment memo. It'd have nice artwork on the front, my mm-hmm. key art, which I put together. And... Um, you know, usually they wouldn't read the thing. Sure. Uh, but uh, but then I say, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And uh, in fact, I'm looking for investors. Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? <laughs> yeah, every once in a while they say, yeah. Or, hey, yeah, let me look you've, at that. You've closer. really got this down. you got the sincere pause in that. You've done this a lot. Would, yeah. Is that something you would like to do, my friend? <laughs> it, it's, it's so funny because, you know, in this town, um, everyone's got a screenplay and it's in their trunk of their car just waiting to be read. But instead, you've got, you've got, you've got the smart thing going. You're like, I got the business plan in my car. You want to take a look? So, all right, so you hand it over. Then what? What's the process? So if me, I'm looking to invest. I got about 10 bucks to invest. But if, if I'm looking to invest, what am, I, what am I asking of you as a filmmaker? What am I looking for as an investor for you to deliver back to me? Well, um, everyone's a little different. Some people, do, they mm-hmm. just want the, the experience of being involved in, in something. Some people, they, they view it as a, you know, a serious business move. I mean, as they should. I mean, mm-hmm. it's we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, even the minimum investment it's a nice chunk of, of money. So, uh, so I try to demonstrate to them. Uh, okay, this this is what I'm doing. This is why I think it's a good idea. Uh, this is what happens to your money. This is how we're going to use it, and this is how you can expect a return, if any. Uh, you know, we take the movie, we license it to various distribution distributors. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example. A traditional way that, uh, that that I've done in the past, I'll I'll license it to a domestic distributor for DVD for North America, right. and then I'll hire a uh, or I'll get a uh, foreign sales agent, and he'll set up the same kind of deals, but in each of the foreign territories. Right. Um, and these are all for a limited time period. We get paid a flat fee, and then after the time period is elapsed, I get the movie back and I mm. can sell it again, or maybe even to the same. Distributor, so um, so I describe that to them. And there's a flow chart and everything. And you gotta have a flow chart if you yeah. got if you're gonna business speak. Yeah, you need a flow chart. Um, so, um, uh, but no, go ahead. Real quick, I, I mean, if someone's out there listening to this and they're they're interested in doing this, you mm-hmm. you got to be aware that when you're approaching someone, let's say you have a limited partnership mm-hmm. put together and you're approaching people. Um, what you're doing is selling securities, and there there's a lot of l- laws, securities law, yeah, uh, uh, that uh, that are very strict, and so you got to follow that to the letter, or you can get in real trouble. Mm. I mean, there, there's there's different ways to go about raising money that 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 uh, you know you could structure it in such a way where it's not secure. You're not selling securities, and that's mm-hmm. going to be easier on you. But there's you know pros and cons. But uh, all I'm mm. saying is that. Uh, yeah, you got to do your homework and make sure you get it just right. And if that means, uh, you know, talking to a lawyer, uh, I, I had a, a, a lawyer uh, help me out, but 
to save money, I would uh, I would do the research. Uh, I would put it to my package together, and then I showed it to the lawyer and said, and, you know, and asked them to, you know, show me where I screwed up. Yeah, you know, but that saves that a lot. Red pen. Yeah, it saves more money. I mean, I, I, if, yeah. they, if if the lawyer had done it, the the whole package for you then uh, it, it would be perfect, it would cost more, and you would be less familiar with it, too. So right. you could get into trouble that way, in my opinion. Right. Now, so what's fascinating to me, so you got, the, you got, is the writing process still going on at this time, or do you write and then put the writing to bed for a bit and start to the business side of the movie, or do you do it simultaneously? What do you do? Uh, well, I prefer to, uh, if I can, I, I want to get the script as close as it, it, to a finished product as mm-hmm. I can. Um, before I, because, you know, the investor, they, usually they don't want to read the script, but mm-hmm. if they did, I want to be reading something that is going to be a good reflection of what the, the sure. product is going to be. And it's hopefully something that's good and solid writing. You know? Right, 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 right. I, I don't, I don't send out, uh, you know, rough drafts to anybody. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, and, 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 uh, so when you're, at this point, you've got the couple drafts of Primitive done. You felt pretty comfortable. Then you start looking at – do you present investors like shooting schedules or where we're going to do it or or maybe it's a different kind of investors. Some might not care. Some might want to know that kind of stuff. So do you have that all ready to go then? Is that what's in that package? Yeah. I mean in the package, uh, there is a, there's kind of a, a, a budget – almost like a budget top sheet it's mm-hmm. even a little more vague than that and, and a schedule but the schedule doesn't have dates it has like uh you know week one you know we do this week two we do this yeah um and then if they want something more detailed then i have that ready to go because i've developed that for myself yeah. anyway so it's ready to go most mostly that you know they'll see what's in the uh private placement memorandum and that that'll be enough for them and uh well you know and i i, I don't want to harp on the business stuff i'm fascinated by how important it is to the process. Uh, I had a script, uh, it's still going, my, room, my roommate and I had, had put together and we had met with a director who was going to try to make the movie and he had just made a, a comedy for uh, $2 million, and he was kind of saying a lot of stuff you're talking about, distributions and that. And we had a two-hour meeting and hour 45 was all about the business. 15 minutes was spent on the film. And I say that in, in, in a good way and I remember telling my, my young cousin who's now in, in film school, I was like, Here's the here's the meeting I just had. Two hours about this script. Fifteen was about the script. I'm hour forty five about the business and how how will, how would we get this and secure this and sign that and and, and I said you know start start learning now the business and he's and he is doing that doing his thesis project over at LA Film School so uh, learning the business side so it is it is folks it is vitally important you're not just going to put something on on the page and voila it's a movie even if you want to do it yourself yeah I it's uh it's important. It's impossible to do otherwise. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I'd like to just be the artist, but uh, sure. But you have to not only learn the business; you have to learn to enjoy it. You know, you yeah. have to. It has its own rewards, and and if if you don't, if you can't do that, yeah. then I, I think your career is over. Because right. You'll just be miserable the whole time. Right. <laughs> because it that you know that's how much of a, a part of it it is. I, and, and you'll realize the first time you write something, and then you set out to film it. If if you don't have your business hat on, then you're going to write something that's maybe it's not feasible to film. Mm-hmm. You got to write something that you can do within your means, and that's business. You know, right. so I mean, it's it, as soon as you you know dip your toe in there, uh, you're going to realize that uh, you know the business part is is uh, it's pretty necessary. dominant. Yeah, it's pretty dominant, and it, it would, I'm sure you got to a point on some of your films that you've had to make some changes maybe you didn't want to make because shooting availability or locations or something changed where you're like, ah, I'm going to sacrifice a little art for reality. Uh, so let's talk about the making of Primitive. Uh, a lot of it was shot up in uh, our hometown area, Central Coast, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I looked into shooting it uh, in Southern California a little bit mm-hmm. uh, just because I live down here and, and, you know, I could cast mostly here and sure. it would be... Yeah, I mean, in Southern California, and it would be convenient in a way. But for the the locations that I wanted, everyone's too film savvy down here. They all want an arm and a leg. Um, you know, because so true. Yeah, the big studios are down here, and they're making TV shows and movies, and uh, and uh, they pay big money to to rent your backyard or your you know. 
if, so, if people outside of this town knew some of those numbers, I know from working to my day job side, but we'll, they'll come. Some of the money they throw just to pay for parking, so they have a place <laughs> to shuttle people to and from. I mean, we'll ask for how about this amount? They're like, yeah, it's no problem. You're like, well, wow, really? Okay, so yeah, you're right. The the non uh, film industry people in this town know. You, oh, you want to shoot here? Okay, cha ching. So yeah. Whereas uh, back home, they had everything we needed, mm-hmm. and. Um, and it's still kind of a novelty up there, so yeah. And uh, and I'm a I'm the local boy, so uh, sure. So I get a lot of cooperation up there. Yeah, that's that's great. So let's uh, casting wise, and and your first, you have Tom Devlin working on this project, and and Tom's a special effects guy that uh, one of those names you, you you just know from some of the stuff he's done. Was he your first big get uh, bringing him in, or did you get some big actors before that? Uh, I'm trying to remember what order uh, I, I got him. Uh, we had Tom Devlin. And uh, I, I didn't. I, I had worked with him briefly once before. Mm-hmm. He had a nice track record. Uh, when he was starting out, he was he worked on Buffy and he worked on X Files and some of the shows he worked on. You know, as um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he just he worked in the shop. He wasn't like the the lead guy, but they were winning Emmys and stuff. And then he, when he struck out on his own with thirteen thirteen effects. He did a ton of uh, independent stuff that mm. was really recognizable. He worked with Charles Band quite a lot, the guy that did the Puppet Master films mm-hmm. and, and others. And uh, he worked with The Asylum, which had done a ton of uh, sci-fi channel movies. Right. And, uh, and uh, so he was a hell of a nice guy. Uh, he, you know, he he uh, he just... I, I asked him to put a bid together for me, and, uh, and uh, so it w- worked out fine. Uh, and I, later on, I learned that he grew up, uh, or part part of his childhood was spent on the Central Coast. On, really? On, in Napomo, yeah. I learned <laughs> that later. In fact, his, I think his mom went to Alan Hancock College. Also. That's funny. Yeah. That's um, funny. And he stayed with his grandma when we were shooting up there. <laughs> so um, Save some money there. Yeah, and then we also had uh, uh, Reggie Bannister at, at, uh, in the show mm-hmm. as uh, an actor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the diehard horror fans know him from the Phantasm movies. Oh, okay. Reggie the ice cream bender. Yeah. <laughs> and he was he was a uh, he was just great to work with. So That's that's and uh, then I noticed you also worked uh, with our old Fishmasters buddy Carl Edge. That's right. Yeah, yeah Carl uh, I was uh, I was on an episode of Fishmasters back in 1993 for those at home Fishmasters was a great local cult show it could best be described as real life Beavis and Butthead. Uh, two guys who just like to fish and drink their Fishmaster brew beer. Uh, Carl worked at uh, KC, uh, KSBY, the local uh, news station, and then just kind of used the equipment and put the show on after SNL. And it was a fixture in our hometown. And he's still up there working away. And I, lo- I was looking through your press back, and you know, Carl's uh, associate producer on this as well, right? Uh, let's see, was was he? <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> According to the information provided here, yes. But uh, oh, oh, yeah. You know what? He he did uh, he, uh, he he did uh, work as a in a producer capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, our uh, pre-production was kind of truncated. One of our mm-hmm. investors said, "Okay, I'll put in the the final money you need, but you have to start by this date." Oh, well. And to me, it was like, oh, "Gee, that's kind of." It doesn't really make sense because we're going to have less time to put the show together. But all right, I'm not going to turn the money. Down. Yeah, yeah. I need your mo- I need your coin. <laughs> yeah. So w- we started shooting, and there was a few locations we hadn't nailed down yet. So I said, "Carl, I'm going to make you a producer on this. If you, you know, line this stuff up for me." <laughs> and he was funny. He was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, I won't commit to it, but I'm going to try and do it for you." <laughs> well, it worked out. He did, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he did that Fishmaster show for years, and it was yeah. a location intensive show. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you know this, but he eventually turned around. He sold that to the U- the short-lived USA Broadcasting Network. You remember USA? USA, yeah. On cable, and they had their they tried to make a broadcast network, and mm. Fishmasters was on there. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fishmasters was great. It was such it was kamikaze filmmaking a lot of the time, but uh, you know, but it was pretty pretty official. I mean, it, it wasn't just like some guys messing about, man. We, we showed up. It was me, Jack Grigoli, Manu Interame, uh Jamie Johnson, a couple other people uh, from our high school drama class, Bill Houck's drama class. Uh, uh, we were up there uh, doing uh, our senior year. We did an episode. It was great stuff. So I'm glad to see Carl uh, working with you. I wasn't in drama, but uh, Bill Hawk was one of my teachers too. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, yes. Which uh, 
which uh, is not bad to, to learn if you're into screenwriting. Uh, right. Uh, it teaches you about subtext because he's like right. talking some alien language most of the time. You had to decipher it. And uh, yeah, Hawk also was my creative writing teacher too. So uh, uh, Billy Hawk, if you're out there listening, uh, thank you so much for putting us in the right direction uh, and for teaching me how to grow a good beard. Um, so, all right, so you're up there, you get your, most of your cast, main cast, uh, you said, with Reggie Bannister, and, and, uh, you, and, and now you got Tom Devlin on as, as special effects, because uh, it, it's a monster movie, you gotta have good special practical f- effects, because yes. if you don't have that, it, it, it fails. If, if it doesn't look good, while well, you're at the dance, you know? Right. I mean, uh, and the horror fans appreciate it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, there was the possibility, yeah, we could have made a CGI monster, but at this level... Uh, yeah. No way. I mean, you you have to. I mean, you, you have to spend like serious coin to make that approach something. And even then, uh, the horror fans pick it out. It's like, yeah, eh, it's CGI. It's just too slick. You know, looking right. to be you know gritty. You know, dirty horror. <laughs> talk a, talk a little bit about uh, what primitive is too. I I think I feel as though we should set that for the audience listening. Yeah, other than just the horror, uh, it is uh, it is about. Oh, right. Uh, this uh, special effects artist uh, that works on Hollywood movies, Martin mm-hmm. Blaine, he has a, a little dust-up with one of his directors, punches him in the mouth, and um, they he, he uh, they say, hey, you got to go to anger management therapy or you're mm-hmm. going to be blackballed in this business. And um, so he ends up on the doorstep of uh, uh, Reggie Bannister's character, a hypnotist, uh, who un- inadvertently uh, releases his uh, inner demon, which manifests itself as a flesh and blood monster that starts picking off people that he's upset with, slightly upset <laughs> with. So it's his, it's an id monster. I don't right. know if you, you've ever seen Forbidden Planet, but mm-hmm. that was okay. one of my favorite sci-fi shows growing up. Uh, it was a big budget sci-fi right. in, in its time when most sci-fi was like you know low budget uh, B movie type fare. And um, so I love that picture, and I guess this is my take on the material, even though it, it, it's, it's not sci-fi. It takes place in a kind of a rural... Uh, right, small town. Small town, right. Uh, so uh, that, that's, that's basically it. So you got, uh, And then the, the rest of the cast are you know, very talented uh, newcomers. Now, some of them have done some stuff, like yeah. uh, Kristen Lawrence was in Evil Eyes, which I guess plays on Chiller uh, TV quite mm-hmm. a bit, and then uh, you know Rachel... Uh, Riley. Riley, yeah, she was in. She's been in all of my movies, and uh, mm-hmm. she's she was re- recently on Sci Fi Channel on Rise of the Dinosaurs and oh yeah, know, stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. And now, when you're doing independent filmmaking, you're going to have this mix of of some veterans and some brand new faces who maybe even completely new to the business. Uh, as a director, what are the challenges that you have to overcome with that? Uh, well. Uh, I don't know if this is. I only have the low budget experience to, mm-hmm. to talk about, uh, so I don't know if this is the same with larger budget movies. But mm-hmm. um, as a director, my job is to look at the big picture. Um, so, so if someone says a line, I know that like three, you know, thirty pages later, it's gonna, it's gonna, it has it has a, an effect on some some plot point, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, the actors come in uh, and they don't necessarily think about that. They're thinking about mm-hmm. their part and mm-hmm. uh, are they going to look good? Are they going to come off well? And, you know, uh, so, you know, so that, that's the main thing. Uh, you know, that it, it's, I just have to be really on the ball and so that I can guide them here and there. And if you got the right actor, mm-hmm. you, you cast the right person in the right role, then it's usually a question of degrees, like, no, less, or more. Or uh, maybe you want to be thinking about this when you say that line, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, little adjustments. They just George Lucas it, like, faster, more intense, and that's all, just leave it there, as Lucas would do. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, if they, if they've, if they know their, their stuff, then that's all you need to do, right? Right, right. Uh, if they've done their homework. Yeah. Right. Um, any any uh, uh, independent film uh, making uh, shooting on location has some kind of trials and tribulations that you have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, on primitive, what what were some of yours? Well, one of the things was, uh, as this was a really low budget thing, mm-hmm. and we were shooting out of town, and we cast most of the principal roles down south. Uh, we put 
up the cast and crew, the out of towners, up in one house, and they they stayed there dorm style. And so I had this in mind <coughs> during the uh, casting session. Someone would come in and they did they did a great read, but they seemed a little bit, you know, a little too method, a little off. And I, I realized <laughs> you know, that if, if I put this guy in the house with everybody, this could be a disaster. So <laughs> so maybe I'll go with the other guy. Um, and, and so it just I, seems like a good bloke. Yeah, I had to be yeah. mindful of that. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing is, uh, like for example, we uh, we shot at the Alan Hancock College campus, and there in the old building where we used to have our film classes, there's this big. institutional looking hallway we made yeah it, right we made yeah. It into our hospital and our morgue set right up in there and then so we're shooting away we're getting a little behind schedules like our first day of shooting and then the security shows up and they say it's time to get out and then and then the memories rush back doing all those student films <laughs> and getting kicked out i forgot that they kick you out at like midnight and so, you know, I pleaded with them, hey, well, just let us finish up. I'll, I'll be out of here. I'm in not 20 a film minutes. student. Yeah. <laughs> this is legit. Yeah. So I totally, totally forgot about that until until they showed up. Uh, but you, usually with any movie, it's, mm. it's a question of money and time and you never have enough. And this was my biggest budget and, um, and I think my best movie. And all the money is, you know, on the screen, as they say. Right. Uh, and, but if I had another 1200, 1500 bucks, it would have been even better. Like, like for example, my main character, mm -hmm. uh, most of the people were wearing their own clothes, you know, and, and he showed up and he had his, this t-shirt and it just looked a little bit trendy to me. And I was mm -hmm. thinking, God damn it. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't afford to buy him a, a t-shirt. Right. Uh, so we're just going to go with it. All right. Just you know? get a roll. And I didn't have a vehicle that I felt, uh, would, would fit his character more so he just used the car he had which was just a sedan you know and it's like gee i wish i had a, you know, I, I was i was reading in your your package here that, that how that kind of factors in when you're looking for actors you got to kind of ask them those questions up top do you mind using your own car clothes <laughs> do you got yeah. food you can bring like <laughs> you got to factor that stuff in yeah you know? well, food and well in some cases like if they're vegan or something you know we try to accommodate them but you know, I tell mm. my uh, up until my last picture, my my folks have been doing the catering. Oh, okay. And so I I tell them, well, you know, we got two vegetarians on the set, and and then their eyes just get big. It's like, what do we do? I don't know how to. <laughs> what do, how do we take care of these people? We just, we just take the chicken out, right? Right. <laughs> and so so some every once in a while I'll say, hey, what if I just gave you an allowance? And you brought your own food. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I don't like to do, but right. You know, I don't. I also don't want them to be there with nothing to eat. You know? Right. Well, that's very key. A happy fed crew is, uh, you know, that's the key. You got to have that. You got to make them happy. Um, so, anything else? Anything go horribly wrong, or did you get kind of lucky on this shoot? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, it it it, it wasn't easy, but mm -hmm. it was probably the smoothest shoot that I've ever had. Well, that's good though. Then uh, that probably speaks to your. Uh, dedication up top to the pre-production, going in knowing what you needed to accomplish. Well, there, there was one thing that, uh, you, you know, took place, uh, you know, the hours were really long, and so we were shooting this bit where uh, this actor, Jeff Ryan, is supposed mm -hmm. to sock the, the creature and, and across the mouth. And um, we rehearsed it, and I saw uh, Greg, who was in the monster suit, mm -hmm. I saw him kind of stepping into this fake punch, and I was really tired, and I thought to myself, he's going to get hit. He shouldn't be stepping into that fake punch. But I didn't say it out loud because I was <laughs> really tired. I was but out loud, I said, okay. Yeah, and uh, so sure enough, uh, we rolled camera, and he, he, he punched Greg in the mouth. But <laughs> Gets caught. Um, so, I, I don't know, this just happens when you work long hours. Right. I, if I... If I if, had my wits about me, I would have said something. As, as a as a director, what what are your work day? You you pulling in twenty hour days during the shoot? Uh, Twelve would be really really sweet. Uh, yeah, 
but uh, usually it's more like 14, 16. Yeah. And then toward the end of the shoot, when you, you're really in trouble and you have to finish, we've had a 24-hour day oh, uh, or yeah. two. <laughs> I've worked on some shows. One show I, uh, that I remember that I was a DP on, I didn't direct or anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I came to set, and the sun went down, and it came up, and it went down. <laughs> came up <laughs> still here and we weren't finished yeah uh, we, we we had to come back well i mean i've been on some independent shoots where you know i mean any big budget no matter what the director is usually the first there and the last to leave i mean that that is a it is a hard job it is it truly has to be your passion at that point yeah well especially with the in, independent uh, yeah. stuff i my goal is to eventually work on movies where at the end of the day i just drive away and let, <laughs> let other everybody else pack up I mean, it's the Michael Bay plan, I think. Yeah. Right? That's uh, um, so. Uh, you're up there. Uh, you shot at the the Price House, right? The uh, it's kind of a landmark up there, right? Yeah, uh, from the found the founders of Pismo Beach, yeah. uh, the Price family. They built that, and uh, it's in this little educational park uh, that uh, and uh, the friends of Price House are uh, putting them back together, uh, and mm. uh, they're doing a great job. And so we shot there on a couple of occasions. Uh, the, there, there's also another historic house called the Meharan House there, and we shot our ghost movie in there. And uh, yeah, it's really come a long way over the years. Um, but it's it just they both have just such character, and mm -hmm. uh, and that you know that's production value. You, you ever see that movie uh, uh, that J.J. Abrams did, Super Eight? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's about these little kids that are making movies, and there's this little fat kid, and he's always talking about production value. We got to get production value. Well, that that's me. I'm the little fat kid, and so 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 yeah, we went after that house because it, it just you know there's no other place like it right. uh, in the area, and uh, so we got that on on. Uh, in the movie, and it looks great. It looks yeah. expensive. It just makes it look more expensive than it really is. Yeah, it looks. Uh, and and uh, Adonis Cruz is your DP, and it was. Uh, it looks great. The the clips I've seen, it, it doesn't. If I think you know what I mean, it doesn't look like a low budget indie type of shoot. Like some people went in the backyard. This it looks like you know. So you, that's that's all DP. The stuff work there, making it look right too. Because mm -hmm. you got you got the special effects. You got you got you got to make it look right. People. Yeah, like I said, this was my biggest budget mm -hmm. uh, so far, and yeah, there were compromises, but but less so. I, I had an, an epiphany when we were shooting this thing uh, in a sheriff station set that mm -hmm. we built with a you know multi thousand dollar monster suit. Yeah, and uh, he jumps over this <clears throat> desk, which was part of the which we brought in was part of our uh, art decoration uh, uh, art direction. And uh, he, he knocks over this uh, pole and this dust falls down. And he jumps over this desk and we have a dolly move going. And I'm looking at th this and I'm thinking, it's just one of these moments where uh, it's like the sum of all the this effort resulted in a really cinematic looking shot yeah. that, that worked and was exciting. And that it, there's no way around it. it. It was because we had a little more money to spend. Sure. And uh, you, you know, my previous movies before that, mm -hmm. it was always uh, they were credit card movies. I mean, All right. And they were profitable, but it was always a struggle. It was always a compromise. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, I, I mean, literally, we're making made like the ghost movie was like a twelve thousand dollar movie. Right. Wow. And it got distribution and everything. I'm very proud of that. Uh, but I mean, it was. I mean, every 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 minute of the day was a compromise. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like like the uh, the uh, the actresses uh, one night they they go out and have a couple of drinks, and then pe someone stole their their jackets, and those jackets were their wardrobe <laughs> because they they're wearing their own clothes, no. and so so. I'm not a I'm not a wardrobe person, so I I, I give Rachel uh, here use this jacket, and then I'm looking at it later. Of course, after we shoot it, it's like this jacket that's absurd. <laughs> it's just because some 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 jerk picked up decided to steal the, it. Yeah, that's on the the movie The Brink is the one yeah. you're talking about, right? Yeah, and so it's like uh, I mean this just that's just to illustrate my point. It's yeah, one of those compromises, and that would never happen if if I had a, another. Five hundred bucks. Yeah. If I had another fifty bucks, <laughs> that wouldn't wow. have happened. Yeah, it comes another. down to that, huh? Yeah. Wow. But, yeah. I like that. I like that. So you, you're up there shooting, then you go into post production, and you said you ran into some uh, some issues there, uh, from wrapping 
to uh, when post-production was finished, how, how long was that? Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't know, a year and a half or something like that. Okay, that is, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the thing is, uh, you, you, I, I did everything except the sound design, although I pitched in with the, the sound build myself to keep mm-hmm. costs down. Mm-hmm. The sound design I didn't do. I hired a great Maui Holcomb to do that, a, a pro. And uh, and the score I didn't do. I'm no, I'm no, sure. I'm no composer. I'd just hum a lot if I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, but, um, uh, but everything else I did post production wise, I did myself, and then I delivered the film and, hmm. and and all that. I had to when the Q when it failed QC, I had to fix it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, and, and so when you're raising you know babies, uh, <laughs> and uh, that takes time. I'm raising babies and raising a film. How many kids do you have now? Uh, two, two. Yeah, okay. four four year old and a, a nine month old. And let's uh, your, your your wife as well works with these. With you on these films too, right? From the, on the production yeah. side, right? Uh, yeah, production yeah. Production side. I mean, uh, I don't think she likes it. Okay, but she <laughs> she does it. But she she does she does what she has to do to yeah. to to help me out to to take up the slack. Well, that's just a good wife then. That she's yeah. she's uh, good for you. Good for you, uh, Robin. Right? I, I remember yeah. Robin. Yeah, that's right. As well. So uh, yeah, so you're raising films and raising a family, man. Look at you. That's big boy stuff right there. <laughs> I got, I got, uh, I'm worried about completing video games and comic books before uh, uh, I have to get to work. Um, so, uh, post production, uh, you got it all wrapped up, uh, and you're looking at this thing, and then that's just like, that's not even the journey's not even done yet, huh? Then you got to go get distribution and all that other back to business. Yeah, well, it's done if, if you want to be a closet filmmaker. Uh, yeah. And, and a lot of guys, uh, independent filmmakers, maybe it's their first or second movie, they go through hell getting it to that point to a finished mm-hmm. point and then they give it to the first guy that shows an interest uh uh and then end up with a bad distribution deal so okay but you, you know it's a weird it's a it's a it's a balance you have to find because uh you, you, first of all you don't want to delude yourself when I, mm-hmm. I start to shop my movie i think it's the greatest thing ever but i got to keep in mind that well, it has to serve the market. Be, you know, these distributors—they're—they're—they're they're, they're peddling widgets. Mm-hmm. You know, so it has to be—it has to, you know, be what they're looking for at that time, and it has to have a certain—it has to meet a certain threshold of quality. Mm-hmm. And um, and so so the, the, you got to realize that the distributors are looking at it in, in from, from that perspective, and so um, so. When you get that first deal, yeah. it might be a, a very bad deal. Then you got to real you got to ask yourself the question: Can I do better? Mm-hmm. Uh, if the answer is no, then you take the deal or you self distribute or something, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and which is its own animal. Yeah, uh, and and I've been reluctant to do. I mean, it seems like hybrid distribution and self distribution is all all the rage now, and and mm-hmm. it makes sense. Um, but uh, uh, I've been reluctant to, after going through all that effort to make a movie all these years, mm. uh, I've been reluctant to experiment with it. Mm, yeah. Because you make the wrong move and then you have a product that's not, that loses its value. Yeah. You, uh, you don't want to experiment with your baby there. Yeah. And then, well, <laughs> once, you've, once you've experimented, then you can't go back to the mm. traditional route, right? Mm. So so it, it, it's tough. you got to have all that in mind. So. So someone makes you an offer, you said, well, can I do better? Because if I think I can do better, that means I have to walk away from this deal. Mm-hmm. And maybe I can't do better. Maybe I can't. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of guys, they'll, they'll, take, they'll settle for a bad deal right out the gate. And um, I try and aim as high as possible mm-hmm. and then lower my expectations as... <laughs> you know as, as reality sets you know. in yeah i figure okay i'm gonna i'm gonna like my first movie was a i made it for 5300 bucks credit card wow. movie i shot uh, most of it in my garage right. and and then when it was finished i sent it to miramax because <laughs> <Right? laughs> hey what you guys think <laughs> right so i figured okay miramax if they turn me down well i can always go down but mm-hmm. i can't i can't go back up so true True, and you, hey, you don't know. You don't know what those Weinstein brothers will take a look at and go, hey, you know, let's let's put some money behind it. Yeah, dream big, dream big. Um, do you do you look at uh, this movie's available video on demand? Um, and that we're seeing 
that come to the forefront, and it's been there for a while. It's not certainly not anything new, but now, uh, I guess mainstream culture, it, it's more normal to look at Netflix and, and Amazon Prime or, or Hulu and watch that way. Are you excited as this wave starts to kind of go as an independent filmmaker? Does that make it easier for you, uh, or do, is it still as hard as, as ever? Well, uh, I, I'm not a... I'm not a real trailblazer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to sit back and see where things are going before yeah. I jump in. It, it's a, it, which can be a weakness. You know, like I said, I have this kind of a reluctance to experiment mm-hmm. with something I put so much sure. effort into. Uh, but um, yeah, what it looks like is physical media is on its way out. Even though mm-hmm. Blu-ray and DVD is still important, Blu-ray is still going, going up. Uh, DVD is going down. VOD is becoming more and more important. And yeah. VOD comes in lots of different flavors. There's mm-hmm. SVOD, IVOD, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Uh, it's becoming more important, but the revenues that it generates, it, it doesn't compare to what the physical media used to be. So right. uh, so it's a tricky time. And I think what's happening is... Um, and, and then you got pirates also. Sure. Uh, the, the, their po- like before before our movie came out, it was mm. it, it sold to Germany, and the German DVD got posted online. And, oh, uh, really? Uh, it, thankfully, it didn't affect our deal. Uh, but although it may or may not, it's I, I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. uh, it may or may not affect the kind of business our movie does through legitimate channels. Mm-hmm. But um, the point is, uh, in order to combat that, um, the movies have to be made available uh, in a more convenient form and mm-hmm. a, a, a very inexpensive form uh, in order for so people will choose the legit uh, movie rather than mm-hmm. the pirated version, right? Right. And um, as a result. Um, mm. that coupled with the fact that anybody and their brother can make a movie now and um, right. may, maybe it's good maybe it's bad but but there's a lot more of them thousands and thousands yeah. of movies made every year now um, so it, it just seems like um, the product is cheapened in a way I mean yeah. I mean you can go on YouTube and get uh, primitive you can mm. rent it on YouTube from Lionsgate VOD for I think like three ninety nine or something yeah. like that, which is amazing. Like during when videotapes first came out, yeah. video stores would buy them for for maybe over a hundred bucks. Yeah, and then they would rent them out and make their money back. Um, and now now you can get my brand new movie for four bucks. <laughs> four bucks on the internet. Yeah. So so I don't know. It it so I what I see is there's going to be and it's already happening. There's going to be. Uh, either incredibly large three hundred million dollar movies mm-hmm. or really small credit card movies and very little in between. No middle class, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it, which it, for me is kind of tough because okay, so I, I, no one's beating down my door to make a three hundred three hundred right. million dollar movie, <coughs> right? Uh, and yet, Ben, yeah, yet, and and do I really want to make uh, a twenty thousand, a fifty thousand dollar movie? Actually, that that sounds kind of sweet, but, but <laughs> like a ten or a twelve thousand dollar movie, right? Uh, that kind of effort for such little reward, uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't want to do that. Right. So, uh, so, so I'm, I'm just I'm I'm gonna wait and see. I'm gonna continue developing my products. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, my next thing, I, I'm planning it for it to be my biggest budget yet, mm-hmm. uh, while I can still pull it off and, yeah. uh, and it makes sense for the marketplace it's a sci-fi adventure oh that's cool yeah I was just, quickly I was going to ask about the genres do you feel um, that uh, the horror genre or monster genre or sci-fi genre is that what you when you're dealing with uh, smaller budgets does that work do you make a conscious effort to shoot within the genres that seem to do well uh, with streaming or video on demand or, or is this, you're, you're just maybe hitting all the genres and you're going to do what you, you love eventually. You might make a comedy or a romantic comedy or something. Well, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if I'm... Uh, mm-hmm. You'd probably be better suited to comedy. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's my bag. I have a... What I find funny, not everybody finds funny. Yeah, same <laughs> so, with me too. Don't get... <laughs> oh, okay. 
But uh, yeah, I'm becoming more aware of it. I, I like, mm. which I'm lucky because I like all kinds of movies. Sure. I grew up with horror and sci-fi. I was I'm happy to do those. Um, but uh, you you have if you're going to do a horror movie, you got to be smart about it. For example, mm. uh, you don't want to just do a slasher movie because the foreign buyers they can do a slasher movie. It's mm. easy. Uh, so that's why I did a monster movie. Offer them something that mm, they yeah. they're, they're not they can't just do very easily. Yeah. Um, because there is a, a glut of horror movies, you know. Right. And so you want to do something to make it stand out, uh, or or you know that that's why I hi I hired uh, Reggie to be in my show and and why I chose to do a monster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Besides the fact that I love monster movies, yeah, uh, and then you want to keep your budget to a certain level because, like for example, we were talking about VOD, mm. uh, the direct-to-video class of VOD movies. You got there's a spectrum of of what does well. Horror doesn't really do very well. It doesn't, huh? Uh, and straight up sci-fi doesn't mm. do very well. Sci-fi mm-hmm. adventure, sci-fi that's different. Okay, action adventure that does well. Edgy mm. comedy does well. Family movies they do well, uh, and uh, but, but horror is kind of on the the low earning part of the spectrum, but you can still make mm-hmm. money if you do it for under a certain amount, right? Okay, so, right. So yeah, I'm becoming more and more aware of that. I'm trying to make smarter decisions as I plan plan these things out. So it's, I mean, so net more money doesn't necessarily help if it goes into the that middle class where you're not going to be able to make back that investment. Then yeah, it's well, something to consider. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You just got to be aware of it, it. Yeah, you can you can spend more money and and make the same amount as, uh, you know, I, I like my Lionsgate deal. There's mm-hmm. the, the I've heard of movies. Uh, uh, I've heard of one movie that cost twice as much as mine, mm-hmm. but it made the same amount. Uh, right. Same, same Lionsgate deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So. You, uh, I want to. You got to uh, put primitive in a couple of uh, f- film festivals, uh, which is a, a, a whole that f- festival circuit is a whole other uh, story. But uh, you got to be in the Black October Film Festival and the Idlewild uh, International Film Festival of Cinema. And uh, uh, tell us about the nerve wracking, bittersweet joy of of having to be in a room with everyone watching your 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 movie in a theater. Well, it's got to be exciting and scary. I, I've been fortunate because. Uh... The, when you see it with a big crowd of, yeah. of people, that, you, you know you you go to a festival and people are there. They they're primed to have a good time. They want mm-hmm. to like your movie, and so um, it, my movie kind of turned out to be a crowd pleaser in those awesome. in those festivals. Uh, the ones that I was able to attend in person. Uh, it was also at the B Movie Celebration, which uh, I wasn't able to go to, but. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was overwhelmingly positive. Every time I've I've showed this to a crowd, yeah, they've liked it, and the crowd the crowd kind of feeds on on, on, itself. on, on yeah. itself on yeah. the, on the good energy you know that comes yeah. out of it. And one thing that was kind of surprising to me is a, a lot of the the horror fans like myself, they kind of got a warm fuzzy feeling from the movie. It's, oh really? It was funny from a from a horror movie, but because uh, they they felt like, and I wasn't going out of my way to do this, but. They felt like it was uh, like an homage, uh, an homage, homage, <laughs> homage, yeah. homage to uh, to eighties uh, horror movies, mm. and, which is what I grew up with, and yeah. so so it just kind of permeated my style. If I if I have a style, but if you have that must be it. That's um, awesome though, that, and that has to feel good when you're sitting in a theater and the crowd's reacting. Yeah, it, yeah, it makes it, you feel like all that work you put into. Uh, it went somewhere. It was worth something. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did it. You know, when I see a horror movie, though, with mm-hmm. laurel leaves on it, uh, that's actually kind of a turnoff for me. I, oh, I, right. I think, to me, it's like the, the, the end viewer doesn't really care if you were in a film festival when you, right. when you pick up a monster movie. Uh, but the, but it, so I wasn't, I wasn't really seeking that out, but sure. these opportunities fell in my lap, and I went with it, and I'm glad I did. It was just a great experience. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's good. So where where can they find Primitive right now? Well, uh, if you like uh, physical DVDs like mm. I do, uh, you can order it on Amazon or uh, Walmart or even Blockbuster.com, while there still is a Blockbuster. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Uh, I don't know uh, yet if you can walk into a Walmart and pick up a coffee. Pick it up. I, I don't have a Walmart near me, so I haven't. I haven't found a, one. There's one in Porter Ranch near my work. I'll check for you and let you know. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, um, but if you want to, if you want to watch it online, uh, mm. you could uh, go to. I think I mentioned YouTube. Yeah. Amazon Instant Video. Uh, you know, Target Ticket, which is a, a new thing. Target has. Oh, uh, really? VOD thing now. See, <laughs> wow, they're even into it. Yeah, Voodoo. Um, iTunes obviously uh, right. is a big one. Um, yeah, so, it's out there. So it's out there. It's oh, a lot of choices. It's, it's on some cable systems. You know, if you, if you, you okay. know, watch, you know, traditional VOD on your on your set top mm-hmm. box or whatever. And that's great. It was released uh, on the nineteenth uh, by Lionsgate. That was the big Lionsgate release, right? Yeah, nineteenth. So it's out there right now. Uh, Primitive, starring Matt O'Neill, Kristen Lorenz, Reggie Bannister, Gregory Paul Smith, Jeff Ryan, and Rachel Riley, Mike Zare, Monty Wall, and then Carl Edge. Any? Uh, how, how difficult is Carl Edge to work with on set? Is he? Oh, is he, is he one of those real terrible method actors? Uh, no, no. In fact, it was it was kind of funny that. Um, when when he did his scene with Reggie, mm-hmm. uh, he was kind of uh, he, he related to me later that he was kind of astonished working with Reggie, who who you know Carl's a horror fan too. Yeah, he knew exactly who Reggie was, and uh, you know Reggie. One of the great things about having a seasoned pro on the set is it ups everybody's game. Yeah, uh, you know all because you're everyone else. They're usually newcomers, and so they feel like we're working on a legit movie. I'm working with this guy. He's, you know, he's been to the mountain yeah. and, uh, and I want to do better. And so Carl starts acting across, across from Reggie and he was just astonished how intense and focused Reggie was mm. and made him want to do better. That's and great. so, um, yeah. And Carl, so Carl did a great job. He was, uh, he's kind of, uh, some comic relief. Yeah. Uh, Good. Uh, which comes so. naturally to him. Playing Deputy Hanson. Yeah. I'm, I'm, lo- I'm going to check it out just, uh, for many reasons, but I'm going to, uh, check on Carl. Uh, Carl, if you're listening, uh, your time on the Knapsack Files will come. We can talk all about the history of the Fishmasters and my scene as Gary the Noodle Guy. Um, so, Ben, uh, there's a website. You you run Thunderhead Entertainment, which is your company, right? That's the Is that is that your home base? Yeah, Thunderhead Entertainment LLC, but uh, mm-hmm. the website is thunderheadstudios.com. Okay. And, um, and you're already at work at your next project? Uh, yeah, I'm doing a... Uh, I'm. It's early in the development, but mm-hmm. I'll go ahead and talk about it. Sure. With you, um, it's called Earthman. Okay. And uh, I co-wrote it with another uh, film school friend from uh, Allen Hancock College, uh, Paul Barna. And we've been mm-hmm. sitting on the script for a long time because I, I just didn't know how to raise enough money to do it justice. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's a. It's kind of a PG thirteen ac- uh, action adventure sci fi. Awesome. And. Um, uh, so far, we've attached uh, some celebrities to it. We got, uh, uh, well, Rachel Riley returns. Obviously, okay. she's a celebrity. Yeah. Right? And then uh, we got uh, Paul London, who was a wrestler in the WWE. <laughs> I, and, I, my wrestling background, I know Paul well, and his brother Jonathan London, London host of Geekscape and uh, a music video director himself. I know Jonathan. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. that's that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, and another wrestler. Um, uh, named uh, Katarina Lay Waters and she was Katie Lee <laughs> Katie Lee that is a uh, small world we'll talk about that off air that is small she is uh, that's awesome that's yeah. awesome yeah well they both want to break into acting and yeah. I, I don't understand why it hasn't happened for them because uh, they read for me and they're both awesome yeah. they're awesome actors and obviously they have this physical presence and uh, um, so they're going to be uh, in this sci-fi adventure I think it's a great fit I also okay. got a uh, Sean Piccanino, who was just in, uh, uh, he he just directed uh, a incredible looking a- independent action movie called The Lackey, hmm. and uh, he starred in it also. And this guy, he he directed he directs a lot of that uh, Spike TV and gotcha. stuff, stuff like that. He uh, uh, hmm. he did this amazing move, and if you ch- check out the trailer for The Lackey, he okay. he like. He like ducks under this pool table and slides under it in one motion, and then kicks someone's butt. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty. Now he's he's not going to do any fighting in in my movie, but I met him at the AFM, the uh, American Film Market, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's just. I instantly like this guy. He just has that quality. Yeah, yeah. You want to like the guy, and so so he's going to be in it. Uh, Earthman. I'm really. That's great. uh, Hey, you got you got Paul London and. and, Katie Lee Burchell from her WWE days uh, as a wrestling uh, person and uh, and still a wrestling fan, even though I've uh, worked in the business, and that can sometimes make you not a fan. Um, I'm, that, you've got me hooked just on that, man. Uh, good stuff, man. When, are you, when How far are you off from shooting? 
Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're developing the show, so yeah. like I said, we, we have those attachments. I have an, a great artist that Correct. agreed to work on it. I, Ivan Romero, he's worked on The Mist. and It's a sci-fi thing. Oh, okay. there's, yeah. there's, there's spaceships and, and stuff like that. Awesome. that. They have to be designed. And so we found this great illustrator, Ivan Romero. He's worked on The Mist and uh, one of the uh, Species movies and, okay. uh, and that. So um, so we're, we're a ways off, or it might happen tomorrow. Sure, on. sure. We're going to take another, a different tack, uh, looking for the money this time. Okay. Um, so uh, That's great, we'll man. I'm so happy because, I'm so happy for you, man, because let me tell you folks out there, if you think it is uh, easy at any level to come down to Hollywood and make one movie, let alone several, and then continue to move forward, uh, you're mistaken. It is very difficult, and I salute you, sir, for doing it and, and for continuing to do it. And, and uh, you, you know, that $300 million budget will come. One day, man. All right. Uh, I hey, totally, yes, sir. Well, one more thing, because yeah. um, I feel like we're wrapping up here. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I probably forgot to mention that uh, I have a movie in post production called Edgar Allan Poe's Lighthouse Keeper. Star, oh, I, right? yeah, yeah. No, continue. Yeah, yeah. Carl so, Edge is involved in that too, right? Yeah, he did. He he wrote the uh, screenplay. Yeah, and uh, it stars uh, Vernon Wells from Commando, Road Warrior, and and uh, a lot of. Uh, my old collaborators also. Rachel Riley's in it, of course, as well. That's right, Matt O'Neill. And um, that's in post-production, and we shot that back home okay. at the Point San Luis Lighthouse uh, through arrangement with the Lighthouse Keepers in the Port <laughs> Harbor District. And uh, I teamed up with the uh, producer, uh, Jeff Miller, who who just did Axe Giant. It was on mm-hmm. Sci-Fi. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm really excited about that. It's It's looking great as I'm editing it. That's awesome. That's I, yeah. That's right. I'm glad you mentioned that because I saw that uh, there was a idea that Carl had and uh, worked on. Right, so that's great. That's great. Uh, ben uh, primitivethemovie.net is the website, right? Correct. So folks, go to primitivethemovie.net. Check out more on Primitive. You've heard the story of the making of Primitive and how hard it is to do independent films. And so please support Benjamin Cooper and all his projects. And uh, uh, where can we find you on uh, Twitter? Are you are you are you a Twitter head? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not very smart about Twitter, but uh, <laughs> but I do have a Twitter. Uh, I'm a uh, uh, microbuster. Uh, Micro microbuster. Okay, I gotta add that right now as I as I broadcast and, and record. Microbuster. Oh, we're gonna we'll have to teach you some uh, some Twitter ease too. Uh, oh, that's I'm sorry. I'm. I'm searching on the wrong thing. I'm trying to send a direct message to someone who I don't even know. Um, all right. So uh, for Ben Cooper, I'm Ken Napsock. This has been the Napsock Files. Uh, do not forget to check out Primitive, the movie. Go to primitivethemovie.net to find out more. And uh, find the Napsock Files on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, like, and review. We're also on Stitcher, Podomatic. And uh, no longer on Toad Hop uh, because of what's going on over there. If you're a fan of the Schmozno world, you've heard some of that stuff. Uh, things are changing, but for the better. Look for the Schmoes No Network, and you will find a series of shows, not just the Schmoes No Movie Podcast, but also shows by Josh McCuga, Bobby Finstock, uh, Matt Key and Brittany Wallach, me and Tim Powers, uh, Mark Riley. A lot of shows coming in there, a lot of things happening over in that world, so uh, thank you for all the Schmoes fans who follow uh, follow me over here to the Napsock Files. So don't forget to find us again on iTunes, rate and review uh, on Twitter. Me is at Ken Napsock, and uh, follow Ben as well at MicroBuster. Get him some Twitter followers. Get him into the Twitter world. Thanks again, Ben, for coming on out tonight. You bet. Absolutely. We'll talk to you, talk to you folks again. See you next time on the Nefsuck Files. Mm-hmm.